Welcome to Dad You're Wrong, regularly ruminating on rhetorical reasoning for regaling irrational relations with the ramifications of reality. I'm Chikri. I'm Zero. What are we talking about today, Chi? This week, we are talking about a meme that was going around recently that I sent to you, and then we kind of went off on a tangent. Our wonderful producer was like, we should really talk about this on an episode if it really riles you guys up this much. So the image is this. It's two persons standing on either side of a symbol resembling either a six or a nine. And on one side, the person has their mouth open and they're pointing and they say six. And the other guy is saying nine. The rest of the picture is pretty blank. And then the text below that originally said, just because you are right does not mean I am wrong. However, in this version of the picture, it's crossed out and it says, But one of those people is wrong. Someone painted a six or a nine. They need to back up and orient themselves. See if there are any number of things to align it with. Maybe there's a driveway or a building to face, or they can ask someone who actually knows. People have having an uninformed opinion about something they don't understand and claiming their opinion as being equally as valid as facts is what is ruining the world. No one wants to do research. They want to be right. I actually have an addendum to this. Which is, it could be an art installation, it could be something that's trying to be ambiguous, but then that's still an obvious choice. You'd still have to be like, well, the point is neither of us is right. I mean, this seems like a very realistic scenario that someone would run into. Like, not necessarily seeing a thing on the ground and saying, we both disagree on this, but... We've, there's definitely been a lot of discussions going around lately where the end result of those discussions seems to be that both of our opinions are equally valid despite the extenuating circumstances that demonstrate the opinions are not equally valid. Definitely one of them is a, let's call it a worthwhile opinion, and the other one is a negative opinion. How would you classify a worthwhile opinion? That's a good question. So all opinions stem from an internal calculus a person is making based on the world they experience. Check. So they are inherently subjective. So we're not talking about objective truths, facts that can be known immediately. It's possible that after dialogue or having a discussion, one may be able to turn opinion into fact, But we'll begin from a perspective that an opinion must be discussed as a subjective value that might become objective. So a worthwhile opinion would essentially be a thought that if you ran it down to the end, provides value to the world as it exists is what I would determine as a worthwhile opinion. So when you express a subjective opinion, regardless of whether it's subjective or it could eventually become an objective state of being, it's worthwhile if the end of it makes the world a better place where better is defined as, let's say, more interesting to live in in a positive way. Does that work for you? Okay. So no, I know that tone of okay. (laughs) So this is a lot to unpack. So people always want to argue from the facts. So if there is, especially with like this meme, 
if you're inside and you see a structure inside the room that you're in, you know, and it's like a rectangular object of medium height, you could say, oh, my opinion is that's a table. Okay. But then you like look at it and it's one foot deep and like four or five feet wide and only two feet high. Maybe that's not really a table. Maybe that's a bench. Chi. What? Chi. What? Is a hot dog a sandwich? Is a hot dog a sandwich? No, motherfucker. A hot dog is not a sandwich. Papooses are not sandwiches. Just because something's inside of a pastry does not make it a fucking sandwich. Do you consider a hot dog bun a pastry? Yes. Well, a bread, I guess. Are breads pastries to you? (laughs) Everything is pastries to you. That's true. All of your breads contain a sufficiently high sugar amount that all breads are functionally indistinguishable from a pastry. I would argue that, yes, yes. I mean, or a a bread. Yeah, just because something is inside of a bread. I was trying to make it so that empanadas, pupusas, tacos, they're like protein or filling inside of a wrapper. They're not all the same. You can't compare a dumpling to a taco to a hot dog. They're not all sandwiches. They're just convenient and delicious. Isn't a taco technically just a very complicated open face sandwich? No. No. This is a different conversation. (laughs) Well, the reason I bring that up is because you cited a table as an opinion. Well, but that's what they were talking about on this meme, where it is either a six or a nine. Like, they're, either it is an art installation or a six or a nine. Like, there's a limited number of things that practically this could be. Sure, they're like standing on an airstrip where there's a giant number on the ground. Yeah, the number has, like, a symbolic meaning. You could make an argument if something's a table or a bench or a table for, like, children or oh. something along those lines. Where it's like, well, you could use this for, like, potentially different things. but it was intended to be one thing or the other. I don't know that I'd consider the only realistic difference between a table and a bench is height. I would say that it's a strong indicator. Yeah. You go to like some places where you sit on the floor, but then maybe there's cushions around it. We're making the same argument as the six and the nine, is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I was not originally on board with your metaphor, but now you've got me fully on board with your table metaphor. Okay. Now I'm trying to tie it back around to what you were saying is that there are reasons to have opinions. So if you come into a room, you see that there's like a structure and there's a certain number of smaller structures around it. Maybe that's a table and chairs. Knowing whether one is supposed to sit on something or put food on something is useful. Yeah. So you can like look at different information and find different weights of how you interpret that information so this is not where i thought we were going to go with this conversation me neither but (laughs) i'm very excited to be here though (laughs) one of these could be potentially like climate change where you're like well i don't see that this has happened fast enough well are you looking at a local change in temperature In which case, maybe not. Or are you looking at a global change in temperature? In which case, maybe so. Well, 
Climate change is also good. I'm trying to be polite and let you finish, and as you just keep scrambling for new metaphors. Do you have something in particular you want to talk about, or do you just want to go back to the meme? Go back to the meme. I'm, I'm not intending to make you scramble for new metaphors. I under <laughs> I think I understand the point you're getting at. Good. Please tell me the point that I'm getting at, because I lost myself somewhere back there. <laughs> so, to discuss the idea of reckoning from opinion. Okay. You don't always have all the information you need to understand what you're trying to say and in that situation it is not a useful response to say well we both don't have enough information let's give up i guess yeah that would be the thing for me it would be a behavior just because you don't have all of the information you still have to either continue acting the way that you're acting behave as though it's a table or a chair or a six or a nine or act as though it is one of those. Either sit on the structure or sit on the floor. Oh, so for you, it's to a certain extent about commitment to the idea. Yeah. Fascinating. So I'm going to ask you the question that you asked me earlier. What to you makes an opinion worth discussing? Let's say that you don't currently have any evidence that lets this become easily provable objective fact. Like, there are some things where a person will show up and be in your face, like climate change, where this is provable fact, it's not really a thing that's worth discussing, because it's not an opinion, but at what point, if you have an opinion and another person has an opinion, how do you determine, this is not a fair question to ask you, I'm going to ask it anyway, how do you determine this discussion is worthwhile? How do I determine the discussion is worthwhile? Yeah, this is a place you are willing to invest your time. So for me, because it is about behavior, I would say that whether or not I could reinforce someone to be more conscious of single-use plastics or recycling or upcycling or just reducing. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Yeah, check. Nice. Or eating less meat or all of those kinds of things. If I felt like within talking to them a little bit, I could convince them to like take one of those avenues. Or if I was around an audience, especially if I was around an audience that could reflect on their actions or to like maybe even make me more stubborn and be like, well, fine, heck you. I'm not even going to eat meat this week to help balance out you eating bacon every day. Then I'll do that or whatever. I think it would be to push some action. Okay, so for you, the discussion is determined whether it's worthwhile by the effect it has on the things around you. Yes. Interesting. So essentially, you're willing to engage in discussions that may not be productive to the person you're discussing with based on the productivity level it may have to onlookers and observers, including yourself. Yes. Okay. I mean, that is a noble reason to use your time and arguably a reason to start a podcast. So <laughs> well done. You're yes. Living the dream. What about you? I mean, like, would you not do that? <laughs> Would I start an argument just to enlighten the people around me? I feel like no. Would you? Yeah, probably not. I mean, like I said, for my discussion of whether an opinion is worth discussing, it comes down to, do I believe having a greater edification on this thought improves the world that I'm living in? If one plans to live forever, one should aim for a continual upswing of improvement. So... Zero, wait. Zero, do you plan on living forever? I... sure. I'm going to attempt it at least. Okay. Right on. Have we not talked about that? No. 
gee, this is the most important relationship question that you can possibly have with anyone you have as a significant other. So I'm sad we haven't talked about this because you and your husband need to talk about this immediately. What is it? You and anyone you're in a relationship with need to be on the same page. You don't have to agree, but you both need to know the other's answer too. If you had the opportunity to live forever, would you take it? Because if you're not on the same page, that's how, like, you know all those stories about vampires where one person turns another person and they're real resentful about it? Yeah. This is how those stories happen. Poor communication between people in a relationship. Okay. But vampires can die after a while. Like, they could live, like, a thousand years and then, like, walk out in the sun. Sure. And that's totally an option you can, like, say to each other is, I'd like to live forever but have the option to end it on my own terms at any point. But you should know that about each other. Because if your husband says, I just want to live one normal human lifespan and then die, you don't want to turn them into a vampire against their will. That's not consensual vampirism. I feel like it would not necessarily need to come up because I would ask him before I turned him into a vampire. And I think he would ask me before he turned me into a vampire. What if... What if we were, like, dying and the only way we could maintain, like, our conscious... Like, our personality, our consciousness is to turn each other into a vampire? Well, I don't fucking know, Zero! That's why you should ask! That's the point of saying you should have this conversation now. That's entirely the argument I'm making, is that you don't know. And you should know. This person's important to you. Okay. Well... Anyway, I want to live through the heat death of the universe to the next universe, so it's not a question for me. (laughs) I think I would get real sad after a while. That's because of your love of other humans and people. (laughs) Yes. Anyway. There will be other humans. So what? Theoretically. (laughs) (laughs) We got off way into the weeds, buddy. I'm drawing us back. I can't believe I'm the one doing it. But let's get back on track for the meme, for discussions, and disagreements i would say that tangent is entirely relevant because it directly informs my thoughts on what opinions are worth arguing oh i see we were essentially discussing what opinions are worth arguing okay which is these two people are looking at something on the ground and neither of them knows the correct answer but the fundamental point of view is is in order for it to matter whether you discover the truth you must agree that the truth is relevant And so in your climate change thing, it's pretty relevant whether humans are causing climate change. You don't get to have an opinion that says, I don't think climate change is happening. You can sort of have an opinion, I don't think climate change is that big of a deal, but then you should expect, and I think this is the root of what you're saying and what the meme is saying, if your statement is, once we have discussed the facts, which is climate change is happening, this is not up for discussion. Because if you have not bothered to read the scientific literature, you are not mentally equipped to have this conversation, and that is on you. And then you should change your tack to, can you please educate me on the evidence about climate change? And the person can say yes or no, but if you're coming out being like, climate change isn't happening, prove me wrong, you're just wrong. Nobody owes you a discussion for that, and you can't be like, isn't it great we both have our opinion? No, you're just wrong. This isn't a disagreement of subjective viewpoints. This is an objective incorrectness due to you not wanting to do your research. I was going to go back to the six and the nine. If two people are seeing the symbol six or nine, and then you zoom out from that image, and then you realize that they are both working at an airport and there's like a plane coming towards them. And one person is like, 
this is a six, this is a nine. And the other guy's like, this is a nine. And that plane is coming into dock at landing thing nine. We need to move. And they're like, no, it's a six. You're like, well, I'm going to fucking leave. Good luck. Yes. Yes, that is how I would react. There's no point in me arguing with this with you. Are you culpable for just letting an idiot die? I don't know. Probably. I just don't care that I'm culpable. But if you say, well, if you're handcuffed together and the person is saying, well, let's agree to disagree and they're not budging, then you can't accept that. Right. I chew their arm off. What? Not my arm off. Theirs. I chew their arm off. You chew their arm off? Metal. I mean, if it was that or arguing with them over stupid, pointless, like, information. <laughs> well, I'm, like I said, I'm not going to chew my arm off. That would be yeah, absurd. Yeah, why should you chew your arm off? They're the ones that doesn't want to die. I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because essentially they're asking you to, like, die. Yes. And I think that's the, why I get so fired up sometimes, especially about things like climate change, because everybody has to change or we're all going to get hit by the plane. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's dead on. Yes, analogies at work. I don't get them very often. I'm going to savor this one. Okay, savor. What? I don't think that's an accurate characterization of our discussions. I feel like you get good metaphors in regularly. The difference is that I don't double down on my things when you make a good metaphor. I just say that was a good metaphor, and then we move on to discussing the thing we're talking about. But I appreciate when you have good metaphors. I appreciate good metaphors and think people are generally very bad at them. So anytime you make a good metaphor, I am appreciative of it. But essentially what I was saying was someone who doesn't believe in climate change is someone who is uneducated, essentially. That is a thing where they can ask for education, but... It's not a thing where you should be discussing opinions with them because they are not educated on the facts. If someone is educated on climate change and understands what is happening and instead of saying like, oh, look, cold weather is happening and you don't have to point out to them that, yes, more cold water enters the ocean when the ice caps melt. This is this is not complicated. Then let's say they are making a statement of I don't think man-made climate change is that bad because it will encourage us as a species to go into space faster. Regardless of what you and I think of the validity of that opinion personally, I think it's a somewhat specious argument to assume that if we cannot manage to terraform our own planet, we're going to be able to terraform other planets. But The point of that is that is a topic you can discuss as an opinion that 100% meets my criteria because if somebody has a strong argument on why the concerns I would bring up about that are wrong, we have agreed on the facts that climate change is important to be concerned about. What we're now disagreeing on is how does that affect human behavior? And so you're saying... Climate change requires us to change our actions in a fundamental way. Like, I have to eat more vegetables to counteract the fact you refuse to stop eating meat that's polluting things, right? Mm -hmm. As an example. Right, as an example. I mean, I gave up meat out of spite many years ago, so... I still eat meat. I just eat less meat. Right. So, this theoretical person we're discussing... This dad. Yes, the abstract er er-dad of this discussion is making a point that is somewhat valid. 
I can't really fully argue their stuff for them, and I don't have an empty chair argument. But the idea that space travel will be accelerated because our planet is dying is not an opinion that comes from any particular place of bad science or psychology. And just sort of by the fact that other people are probably thinking the same thing. So that's a discussion that can be engaged in as long as both people agree that it is a subjective, not objective discussion. Somebody who's like, it's a fact, people will go into space because the planet is dying, that person is not being reasonable. Somebody who says, I think it will help our space travel, so I don't think it's all negative, that person is being reasonable. You can have a discussion with them. And the problem that we're discussing is when you have that discussion and you manage to refute their arguments, and at the end of it, they just say, well, I guess we have to agree to disagree. Which is a problem because your opinion on whether leaving the planet to go into space does not change the fact the planet is currently dying. So regardless of whether we agree to disagree, you can't just say, I think it's a good thing, and you had responses to what I was trying to say, but now I'm going to leave the argument because I don't want to have to think of things. And agree to disagree is such a privileged and cowardly position because it is an attempt to get out of a discussion essentially without putting anything meaningful into it at the point where you can't think of ways to continue to converse. It is more honest, assuming benefit of the doubt, for a person to say, this is not a conversation I can continue having due to my own knowledge gaps than it is for someone to say, well, we just have to agree to disagree. Because one is taking a personal responsibility to educate yourself and to have informed opinions, and the other is taking no responsibility for that at all, which is what the meme is talking about. The person who wrote this meme saying, I can be right and it doesn't necessarily mean you're wrong, is essentially making a plea for ignorance. I would rather pretend I am correct than learn whether I am incorrect. And that is a problem of opinions. Do you think that that could also be, I would rather pretend that we're both equally correct rather than think about what the ramifications of my belief is having? I'm thinking specifically about people that are like, I don't think marriage equality should be a thing. Let's agree to disagree. Well, I can't do that, man. Yeah, you don't get to debate my humanity. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We can not talk about it and maybe not be friends anymore, but I can't agree to disagree with that statement because you're not allowing people to have human rights. Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, that entire discussion is in bad faith because it assumes that the person making the statement is human and the person arguing against them is inhuman. Which one is human and which one is inhuman? If you say, I don't believe these people should have rights, the same rights that we have essentially said people in our society have, you're making a basic statement that I don't believe these people are human. When you say, don't ask, don't tell, it's okay to be gay in the military so long as you don't tell anyone about it, when it is a trope of being in the military that you talk about your significant other. I mean, granted, you'll die, as movies have taught us, (laughs) but it's still a trope. It is. People do it. 
They just have to be very careful. To say don't ask, don't tell is to say that these people are not human the way you and I are. That's the argument they're making. You can talk about your significant other in the military, but then the movie has to immediately cut to that person. Like Will Smith in Independence Day, his significant other lasts to the end of the movie, but also she has her own story. Yeah, she gets to run into a tunnel. Yeah, with the dog and... And yell at stuff. And I think, like, drive a fire engine? I mean, she did save a whole bunch of people in spite of being a sex worker, because 90s. Yeah. What a fucking movie. I love Independence Day, but let's not pretend that movie didn't come out in the middle of the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) All I'm saying is that's the first one that I could think of, that Will Smith's character is in the military, does talk to his friend about his significant other, and he gets, like, the little dolphin ring, because 90s. Yep. And then... Yep. And then she lives to the end of the movie. Yeah. And he lives to the end of the movie. That's the more surprising part. Yeah. They crash landed everything. So, but the point is that people talk about their significant others. It's not something that should be or needs to be hidden. It's not something that's bad. Right. And to say that because of the way you are means in this society, you cannot talk about your significant other is to say you are less than human. And there is a fundamental problem with debating another person's humanity that I would say falls under a factual error. To engage in that conversation is to sort of immediately start in a bad place of you are not as human as I am. And then to try to leave it by saying we just need to agree to disagree. No, I don't agree that I'm not as human as you are. This is a problem. It is a problem that you are making a statement that I am less human than you are. That is a privilege you believe you have that I deserve to be able to fight back against, and you don't get to gracefully bow out of this conversation. This is also the problem with, you know, anti-choice rhetoric and a lot of other rhetorics where the basic assumption is that the person you're discussing is less human than you. And then when you say things like, I agree to disagree, or you should be more civil in your arguments... The line of incivility was crossed the immediate moment you said this person is not as human as you. That was the line of incivility. And if you don't recognize that, that is actually a problem with you, not a problem with the other person for being rude. Hmm. And I would say that you've brought up a good point, talking about the airstrip, right? If these people are staring at the six and the nine and they're on the airstrip... Yeah, action is needed. They're failing to disagree on an important fact. Yeah. I wanted to add some gravitas to that. Yeah. Yeah. Gravitas. Gravitas. The analogy that I was going to go with, like, we can just go to space and, like, that'll be fine with climate change, was if they were handcuffed together and they're like, well, we'll just put the handcuff on the ground and then the pressure of the wheel going over the handcuff will, like, (laughs) break us apart. I mean, maybe. It's a gutsy move. It's a gutsy move, man. It's relying on a lot of things. Relying on a lot of things. It's a lot of teamwork. That's it's very similar to, hey, we'll all just go to space and neither one of us will lose our arm and the poor people won't get left behind on a dying planet. We won't just do a lot of other really bad things. I won't yank your arm underneath the wheel at the last second, thus meaning that I'm free from you. N- no, I, don't, I don't know if I would trust that. I don't know if I would trust that, bro. This is why I just break trust immediately by chewing off their arm. 
I see that. That's why I real I did not argue against that concept because I was like, yeah, they could really fuck your day up. I will say though that at least in the situation you've described, those people agree on the objective reality. They just don't agree on what to do about it. Well, there were two different scenarios. One where the person is like, no, I think it's a six. And the other one was like, no, it is a nine, but we're going to use the wheel to slice us apart. Similar to how there's like some people that are like, I don't know about man-made climate change. And some people are like, I think climate change is a thing, but we'll go to space. One is worse because it makes you entirely responsible for like the other person. And the other one is like, well, maybe we could just move out of the way of the plane and get out another way. One of those people is objectively incorrect. The other is subjectively probably wrong. And <laughs> probably you can't dangerous. Yeah, dangerously subjectively incorrect. It's very hard to have a discussion with somebody who refuses to stop being objectively wrong because they've already established they're not interested in being right. They're just interested in winning an argument or not changing their mind. This is very common. People don't like being wrong, so they don't seek out correct information. So let's back it up to our various definitions of what is a useful discussion to have, right? Your discussion's focused more on the group, mm -hmm. and mine focused a bit more on the group writ large. I mean, we both technically discussed the group. Yours was just a more immediate group, and mine was more of a long-term group. So let's talk about the immediate group, because we've kind of been talking about the long-term group. Okay. In sort of a dad-you're-wrong moment, sometimes you cannot change the mind of the person you're discussing with. So the only good you can accomplish is in the group, which we've talked about before. But in the case of someone who refuses to acknowledge reality, perhaps the best you can do is use that as a teaching moment for other people and hope you can convince them on the way. Like, I don't want to assume the person you're talking with is immediately incalcitrant and won't change their opinion no matter what. So in that discussion... Would you consider that a discussion worth having in private? I would for sure have the conversation and put in a reasonable amount of energy into trying to express to the other person why they have a responsibility to believe in taking action for climate change. So why? Like, you don't have the crowd. There's no immediate benefit to this except for changing this one person's mind. What makes all people, in one variation, worth doing this for? Or alternatively, what does this person have to be to you to make this worthwhile? Because that's sort of the crux of our show, right? When is a person worth this level of discussion? Especially if it's someone that I know or deal with or see a lot, if that person continues to flatly deny something, it's like, for like a year, I didn't have a tooth. And anytime I would eat an apple or take a selfie or be in a picture, I would be reminded that this is a thing that exists and that I have to deal with. I have to slice up apples and chew on the other side of my mouth. And so for me, if I interact with this person a lot, then it's like tonguing that spot in your mouth where you just have to keep doing it because they continue to be wrong. Interesting. So it is essentially to save you. Yes. That's a little bit more selfish. That's fine. It's okay to be selfish. 
But the other person, if I met someone on a bus, I am sometimes that person where I would just start talking to people on the bus. What is L.A.? I don't think you've ever been on a Seattle bus. (laughs) (laughs) I've been on a bus in Sweden. Nobody talks to anyone. Oh, good. Sweden sounds great. But especially when I was in college, sometimes, you know, conversations spark up or something happens. People talk to each other. And talking to someone about and refuting someone about climate change or about something that I really believe in in that situation would be sort of a one raindrop raises the ocean that, you know, maybe I could raise enough questions in their mind that they would do more research or that if the rest of the bus is empty, we're saying in this situation, it's just me and this other person, that I could change their mind and then they would try to change other people's minds. Because I've been a convert to certain concepts and now subtly I try to like push that message forward elsewhere. Okay, so you consider the private conversation worth having in all cases. You're a believer in humanity. Yes. How noble. You've gone from being selfish to like totally unselfish. I think that I am both of those things (laughs) at the same time. Dost thou contain multitudes? I don't know how to say one dust. I don't know. Yes. 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 As long as I have the energy too, and usually I have the energy too, I'm willing to to go in for something. So then, you're not just having these conversations for the people around you. Each of these conversations you have on a one-on-one basis is important to you in the one raindrop raises the ocean sense. Yes. So then, what is the issue when people say agree to disagree to you? Oh, it just makes me so fucking angry. I think because they're saying that they just don't care. To me, it says that, like, I don't care enough about this situation to continue to examine my stance and, like, defend it or to genuinely think about it and change it. That they're just like, I give up on that I care about this thing. So for me, for something like climate change, Being pro-choice, LGBTQA, all of those things are like, well, but you're fucking with people's lives. And you should care about that. And if you don't, then I judge you. Do you challenge people when they say agree to disagree? Being completely honest, not always. But you do sometimes. I do sometimes. What do you say? Basically that. Well, then you're giving up on this concept. Interesting. Or if I'm full barbarian rage, then I'll be like, well, I just, you, you don't care about these people's lives. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. My challenge generally comes more along the lines of why did you want to discuss it in the first place then? I feel like people think that discussions are going to be fun or going to be a lot more simple. But then when they're faced by somebody that really does have a different and well-researched opinion, it is a lot harder. And I think that's really the end of this concept, which is the last line of the 6-9 thing, is no one wants to do research, they just want to be right. I think that the last line of that should be more like, no one wants to do research, because that's hard. Yeah, I don't really care about being right, I care about being correct. And that's a very hard thing to be, because it forces you to challenge your assumptions, and to look up things that you will disagree with, And essentially say, is there a good reason the people I disagree with are doing this, and should I do it? Or alternatively, 
is what I'm doing a hill worth dying on? And if it's not, it doesn't mean I have to agree with somebody, but it does mean that I have to let go of this hill. Mm -hmm. I don't have a problem with people stopping caring about something they previously cared very deeply about. I actually think that's sort of an integral part of being human is being willing to give up on things you once cared very deeply about. My problem is the lack of acknowledgement that that change was done because of somebody. To take away from somebody the fact that they were the catalyst for your conversion is a problem because it hurts both of you. Mm. It hurts both of you because you didn't want to have your ego hurt. I often think of agree to disagree as the refuge people take to maintain their ignorance. You're right. It's because people don't want to do research because research was hard. But sometimes the research is presented to them. You're having a discussion and many of us carry a device in our pocket that has a connection to more knowledge than all previous human cultures combined. So you can have a discussion with somebody and pull out your phone and just look up the answer. Like that distinction between a person who's arguing about climate change, increasing space travel versus a person arguing about climate change. It's relatively easy to show someone the scientific consensus and then to have them say, well, we should just agree to disagree without them bothering to look anything up at all. And in that case, they're saying, I don't want to be wrong, so I'm going to treat you like you're untrustworthy because I have the privilege to not care about this. And there are all sorts of people who will say, well, I don't have any privilege and then toss out not caring about things. Like people who will say, I don't have any privilege, but wait, you should keep politics out of my comic books. It's like, well, not caring about politics is a privilege. Like these are all things that when I was talking about earlier, defining your terms in a discussion, one should not spend your time arguing about facts. One should spend your time arguing about opinions that might make the world a better place. Subjectivity can be discussed. You cannot discuss a fact. A fact either is a fact or not. So when you're having those discussions with people who refuse to believe in facts, is it worth your time? And if it is worth your time, do you find you often have to chip away at them? Like you have to have multiple conversations before they start coming your way? Or do the people who refuse to believe in facts just never really come your way. Because honestly, this is not a conversation I have often. If you will not choose to do any research on your own and will not choose to believe in facts, I just will generally choose not to engage with you. And I know that you're different in that respect. Okay, hold on. I want to react to this, but also I want to add on to, I would really agree with you, but my reasoning is, is a little bit different for why not acknowledging that someone changed your opinion is a bad thing. And mine is for two reasons. One, being wrong didn't hurt you. And two, that if you don't give someone else the credit that they changed your mind, and maybe this is why I'm a little bit fanatical about this sometimes, is that if you don't do that, then you don't cede to the influence that you can have on other people. Oh, interesting. And maybe that's why I'm more of a one raindrop raises the ocean kind of person, because 
you want to continue pushing that even if it doesn't work out every time. So essentially you're saying people who are unwilling to admit someone else could change them are also, you believe, are unlikely to acknowledge their own ability to change other people. Yeah. If I'm understanding you correctly. Yes, that is correct. I don't disagree with that opinion. I don't know that I'd consider it. Like, I think I'm very aware of my ability to change other people and their ability to change me. So maybe I'm already somewhat biased towards this. But that's an excellent point. So people who say agree to disagree, you believe are demonstrating a lack of empathy. Yes. Yes, on multiple levels. Fascinating. I think that that is a strong theory. I have no evidence to back it up immediately, and I don't even know how one would construct a study around that. It would be very complicated. But I think your theory inherently has merit, that to escape changing yourself is to not acknowledge that humans can change, which is definitely a phase I went to for a significant two to three year period of time was just believing people don't really change, and I no longer believe it, but it's very easy for people to fall into that pit because they don't want to change. So that's a good theory. Okay. Hooray. Now, the other question was, I've lost it. We were talking about comic books, get politics out of comic books. Yeah. But you are saying that basically that A has always been there and B not talking about politics, not having an opinion on something is a form of privilege because it's saying that it either doesn't affect you or isn't going to affect you. Yeah, it's intellectual dishonesty. You're making a statement that you have opinions on these things, but you are making no acknowledgement that your opinions on these things matter to other people because they affect other people more so that idea of it doesn't matter if you're quote right it matters if you're correct yeah and when you are blinding yourself then you are not moving anyone towards more correctness including yourself which i mean it hurts everyone to begin with but it also hurts yourself like you are essentially driving needles into your own eyes and I don't particularly care that other people are driving needles into their own eyes, but I do care if they're encouraging everyone else to do it as well. And I think that often the reason people say agree to disagree is because they want to continue espousing wrong opinions. They want to like somebody simply to be contrary. They like where they're at. That idea of other people are sheeple, I can't be like other people regardless of whether being like other people is the correct thing to do in this situation. It's not inherently a positive to simply be contrary or negative, which comes back to my statement about negative opinions earlier. It's not bad to disagree. Disagreeing is fine. We in the United States have too big of a tendency to think of all disagreements as arguments. One cannot find the truth of something without disagreement, but one must be willing to learn. And saying I agree to disagree is no attempt to learn. It's just abdicating your responsibility to become a better human being. Yes. I'm just here. here. I'm there for that. I don't have a lot to add because you pretty much said it all. I think that to highlight something, two things I really like is that when you say that you agree to disagree, that you're basically giving up on learning something new. Which is what changes. That's like, that's why we bring things up is to say like, hey, this is something I learned. Oh, this is something I learned. Oh, you know, maybe they 
don't line up, let's go do more research and see what is more accurate. And then the second thing is, I think this is something that you and I both really agree on. And maybe this is a subjective thing because I don't think Anne Rand spit on her name would agree with, which is that you want to become a better human being and like what that is. Because some people, libertarians, are just like, well, fuck being a better person. Just be a, like a more powerful, richer person. Well, I guess you have more experience with the modern libertarian movement than I do. I would disagree that that's what libertarians are supposed to be saying. And to be fair, even the people who read Ayn Rand's work, which is terrible, terrible stuff, but what you're supposed to get from that is that enlightened self-interest is making you a better person. It just does so at the expense of other people, which would disagree with what we're saying, because our premise is essentially you cannot become a better person without other people. Yeah. But what do you do when you're discussing with your libertarian friends and they, in their enlightened self-interest, rational self-interest, as um, rational they prefer to say, even though it is neither rational nor objective... So what do you educate those people to show them that it's not even in their self-interest? If you're talking to that person and it's someone you have to deal with regularly, like a family member or something, or a close friend, even if you haven't stopped being friends with them yet, and it seems like a lot of discussions you have, they claim to be rational, you counteract their points, and they simply say, well, I agree to disagree. How would you tell them that that is not a workable solution. It goes against what they profess to believe and it's disrespectful to you. Like, what would you say to them? Oh. Haha, I've turned it back on you. Normally that's my job. Shit. I don't know. I think that the reason this is usually your job is that I don't have a good answer for that. Because one of the things that I usually operate out of is that people want to be good humans. That most people would agree that kindness and cooperation and charity are good things, that that's a place that I can work from, that humans should have intrinsic rights, and to break those is a bad thing. With libertarians, they don't necessarily think that. And so I have a much harder time dealing with those people that are like, pity is not something that you should strive towards. Kindness is stabbing yourself and other people in the eye right and fuck charity man like you should only do charity in a way that benefits you and i guess that's my kryptonite i don't know how to get someone to say no like to me being a good human is an end into itself okay so you have a fundamental disagreement of premises there you and those people cannot see eye to eye because what your fundamental belief about what being human is is distinct from their fundamental belief about what being human is. Yes. Okay. I mean, that is a legitimate opinion to hold. No one actually knows what being human means. I think this is another thing that I have a hard time with people that are very pro-birth, anti-choice. Anti-choice. Where they're like, life starts at conception and anything... No, it doesn't. But this is what they say. I know. Anything breaking that is murder... And so I don't really have a lot. I mean, like I argue those premises with them, but at the end of the day, we're just going to have to like continue disagreeing because we're coming at it from such a different point where 
I'm saying that that's A, not true, and B, that it doesn't really matter. Where they're factually wrong, and they refuse to not be factually wrong. But they're doing it from a religious standpoint, generally. Yeah, but... Where they're saying, I know that this is not factually correct, but I'm believing it anyway. To be fair, for many, many religions, that would be inherently against their religions. Which? Uh, Most of the major world religions would say that choosing to live in ignorance is against the tenets of their religion. I'm not going to single any particular ones out right now, but a lot of holy books actually say... But they know who they are. (laughs) Yeah, they should. They don't usually, unfortunately. (laughs) So speaking of one of the most common annoying religions of objectivism and libertarianism, I would say when discussing with those folks, understand that they tend to pride themselves very heavily on their logic. So you have to come prepared to make logical arguments. And the frustrating thing is you have to come prepared to make logical arguments with the full and internal understanding that the second you start getting the better of them, they will want to give up and run away which is one of the things I dislike most about those philosophies is that they essentially see their running away as rational self-interest. So from my perspective, based on the question I posed to you, you are going to repeatedly be engaging with them because one of you has no choice, which means that you have to be prepared for what you think they're going to talk about to dismantle what they believe is their rationality because they generally will not be rational but they will want to demonstrate how superior and rational they are those are major tenets of those belief structures is that you're not operating from a subjective space you're operating from an objective space so in that sense your best defense is to actually do your research and be prepared and be willing to change your own mind if you find out you're wrong Approach a broken clock mentality where you know these people are going to be wrong and they're not going to be logical and they're not going to be objective most of the time. But a broken clock is right twice a day. It doesn't mean you shouldn't throw it out. Throw that broken clock out if it's wrong twice a day. If it's only right twice a day, get a better clock. But you need to understand when you are prepping for arguments that if they're right, if what you're looking up just turns out to be correct, it's fine. And you can agree with them when they're correct. You are not forced to disagree with people who are correct simply because they're wrong most of the time. It doesn't do anyone any benefit, and it is sort of the same thing as choosing to disagree with somebody. That doesn't mean you have to believe they are right all the time, because you acknowledge when they are correct. With people who refuse to acknowledge reality or even acknowledge that you can share the same viewpoint in the first place, I have my rules on what counts as that. I don't debate other people's humanity with anyone, and I don't believe humanity starts before you're born. If you have not been born into this world, I don't even start to consider you a human, and I don't debate other people's humanity. I debate what humanity means, but... The people who live in this world exist as humans. I don't compromise on that. So if people refuse to agree on that basic premise, I don't have a solution for those discussions. And I will just say flat out, everybody needs to have their lines of things that they won't debate. And humanity past being born is one of them for me. Once you're past that, 
I do believe people can generally be reasoned with at any age. Humans are bad at logic, but that doesn't mean they can't be reasoned with in a subjective manner, even when they're very young. I actually think children are better at it than adults because children are more used to being wrong and adults tend to get used to being right. Or at least not being called out when they're wrong. Children are called out for being wrong a lot. Yeah, and I guess that willingness to be called out is a habit we lose once we believe we cross over this mythical line into adulthood. But, yeah, know where your red lines are. That would be my first advice. Like, the stuff you just are unwilling to debate. Acknowledge when someone is factually wrong versus you have a subjective disagreement. If someone is factually wrong, do not engage them as if their opinion is valid. It's not. You do not get to have an opinion on facts. You're just wrong if you're trying to debate an opinion on facts. So in that case, you become an educator. You're not engaging with them. And if they say agree to disagree at that point, it's like, oh, no, I'm not agreeing to disagree with you. You're just wrong. You can just say that to them. You are incorrect and there's evidence against you. If you choose not to read that, I don't agree to disagree with you at all. You are incorrect in choosing not to be educated. It's fine to say that. They're wrong. The information is easily accessible by them. If it is a subjective argument and the argument reaches a point where they say they'll have to agree to disagree, first, understand that this is a privilege argument they're making because they believe that this is a thing that can simply be shelved and come back to later. And understand why they are shelving it. Are they just tired because it's been a long night? Are they exiting because they don't have a point anymore? Because you will have to take that into account when you confront them about it. I believe you should confront them about it, but if they're saying agree to disagree because they were giving you a ride home and you were having a discussion on the ride home and you didn't get anywhere, then the way you should treat that is different than if you've had this discussion multiple times and they've run out of counterexamples. Yeah. In the case where you've had this discussion multiple times and they've run out of counterexamples, that's what you're describing. You can just tell them, I'm not agreeing to disagree with you because I don't think your argument has merit. I would love to be presented with something where your argument has merit, but right now, I... You don't have to phrase it like this. I think your argument is... I was going to say specious, but it's false. I think your argument is false and not well backed up, and I know that it's your opinion, but I don't think people should hold wrong opinions. If it's more of a time-based thing, then tell them, I'm not going to agree to disagree because I don't know that we got anywhere in this discussion, but I feel like we had a good discussion and I'd like to continue it with you later so we can see if we can reach a point of mutual agreement and not a point of mutual disagreement. Because I don't think mutual disagreements are productive for society, which is a bit long. So shorten it down into your own words if you can. (laughs) Okay, let me read these back to you. So option A, which is you're wrong and you have not convinced me that you're right. You can show me more evidence, but effectively, I'm sorry, my friend, you're wrong. What? Like, I've won this conversation. (laughs) I don't think that that's a convincing way to end that. I mean, I would say you're not sufficiently correct for me to agree with you. I would put it as, I don't find your argument sufficiently correct that I can agree with it. I might go so far as to add, not only have you not convinced me, but you haven't convinced me that hedging my bets on this holds any benefit to me. There we go. That would probably work really well with libertarians and objectivists. (laughs) Yeah. Option B, long day, fucking going hiking and you're like i'm tired you're tired are you shelving the i like the idea of like shelving this because it's true like sometimes you're pulling up to a driveway and you're like we don't have enough time to finish this conversation 
do you want to bring it up again later? Because I think that you having this opinion is going to harm you and maybe me. And maybe others. You don't have to make it about the two of you. I mean, I would say judge on a case-by-case basis, depending on what you know about the person. Fair. That'll be up to you, the viewers. Yeah, please use advice responsibly. I don't agree with you. You've personally insulted me. Duel to the death. I like the idea of your first one. Which one was my first one? You're wrong, and you have not convinced me that even hedging my bets will, like, benefit anyone. I actually think that's a good response, honestly. That's actually one of the ones that I think you helped me with with some of the climate change ones. Is like, what if we don't clean up the environment? What if we continue doing this? Oh, no. We made the world better. Mm. Yeah. You had a better way to say it, but that was effectively it. I mean, probably when I wasn't trolling you about whether climate change is real. (laughs) (sighs) The bad days. The bad old days? That was like a decade ago. The bad old days. It was real then, too. It was. You just stopped trolling me. Or you troll me about other things now, I guess. Yeah, I still troll you about stuff. It's just, who's got time for that in the modern era? That was the thing you could do before 2016, was troll your friends. Now, like, every time you troll your friends, it's like an existential threat. (laughs) It's like, have you become one of them? What's happening? Are you okay? Yeah, it's a little bit more serious now. (laughs) Yeah, right? You cannot, it is now impossible to tell whether someone is joking or has become the enemy. (laughs) You can't see it, but I'm just, like, staring off in the distance, shaking my head, like... like I, I know, right? That was... We were too real for a moment. Fallen soldiers. Yeah, too real. Too real. Thousand-yard stare. Okay, so what did we cover? We covered the meme. We covered the concept of agree to disagree kind of widely and, like, how that can come up and how... There's basically two two outcomes. Or there's, there's three outcomes. Outcome one, their facts are wrong. And not only are they wrong, but they refuse to be educated, which is, I agree to disagree, and I don't want you to continue telling me that I'm wrong. Yes, I simply don't want to be right. <laughs> Option two is, we both agree on the facts, but our reaction to them, or our priorities from those facts are very different. And then, well, you haven't convinced me to, like, change my behaviors or my beliefs, and that basically drill it home to them why holding those beliefs is potentially bad or dangerous and then option three was i'm tired and i don't want to talk about this anymore in which case we'll come back to it fucking later it doesn't help us for more people to be wrong yeah sounds like a summary summarized yeah what is our outro now is the time right all right i got our outro okay thanks for listening to dad you're wrong chicory ducked the question on whether a hot dog is a sandwich by not properly defining sandwich, and Ergo was arguing from a point of subjectivity, not objectivity. Chicory, did you want to say any closing words? How fucking dare you? How fucking dare you bring that <laughs> shit up again? Okay, I'm so, I'm so sorry, producer. We gotta fucking hash this out right now, okay? What is a hot dog? Hot dog is processed meat, not just any fucking kind of meat, processed meat, in this cylindrical shape, in a fluffy yeast-risen bread that's then split down the middle. That's a fucking hot dog. What is a sandwich? Sandwiches are sliced meat, sliced meat in sliced loaf of bread, okay? Okay? Now, there are situations where, like, you don't have a hot dog bun, and then you put the hot dog bun in slice of bread. Still not a sandwich. 
unless you slice the hot dog thinly. Then you could have a hot dog sandwich because you've met the qualifications for a fucking sandwich. And pupusas, dumplings, any other kind of filling inside of a carb shell, not sandwiches, their own thing. What if you made a sandwich with chicken nuggets? Then you'd have like a po' boy with chicken nuggets, I guess. Are po' boys a sandwich? Yes. I feel like I'm walking into a trap. Subway sandwiches are sandwiches, right? Yeah, because you can also have a meatball sandwich. Yeah, and don't Subway sandwiches, aren't they a loaf of bread cut down the middle? Often fluffy? (laughs) Who said you can't troll your friends in 2019? (laughs) Okay, you can't troll your friends about very (laughs) some things. I'm pretty sure if a meatball sub is a sandwich, then a hot dog is also a sandwich. I feel like you walked into that one. I feel like I did. I didn't even do that one. Fuck. Well, look. Alright, do you want to do the actual outro? This is not a solvable question. We're just going to make everyone mad. I'm going to make everyone mad. Maybe I should just not count sub-sandwiches as sandwiches. They're like a subsect of sandwiches. They're sub-sandwiches. Yes, often I find that when the facts disagree with me, I will simply change the facts. (laughs) I'll just change the definition. Really, I'm moving goalposts here. Yeah, that's true. You're just shifting the goalposts to a more comfortable position for you. <laughs> it's a lot easier to win soccer if they just put the goalposts next to where you want them and away from all those defenders. Yeah, yeah. If you put the goalposts right next to me where I'm standing with the ball, it's great. I'm, I'm glad we could continue the tradition of finding a way to make you the dad in this episode. <laughs> How am I the dad in this episode? I came around. I saw my logical fallacy. I'm like open it to considering sandwich fallacies and definitions and things. I'm not very open, but I am a little open. <laughs> that So, as always, why don't we close on We love you, Dad, but sometimes you're wrong. <laughs> Tune in next time for our next episode? Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> we hope. We have offended everyone now. <laughs> Go, go team. Go team. Thanks for joining us on this third episode of Dad, You're Wrong, and thank you for your patience. We hope to be back on schedule with episode four out at the end of February. Thanks also to the first subscriber to leave us a review on iTunes. Miss Scumps gives us four stars and says, looking forward to more. Want more episodes. Chicory and Zero are charming and the discussion is genuine. I have to agree that our hosts are nothing if not genuine. Thank you, Miss Scubs, for the review. It really helps us. If you like us, consider giving us a review as well. You can also connect with us on Twitter at DadYou'reWrong or by email at DadYou'reWrong at gmail.com. That's D-A-D-Y-O-U-R-E-W-R-O-N-G. 